I know that uh, there's many people that are tuning in live, and they're actually going to be watching throughout the week. And so welcome. We're so glad that you're with us today uh, through the internet, no matter where you're dialing in from. We have people, thank you so much, we have people from East Coast and West Coast, um, all over the place. So we're so glad that you're here with us this morning. You're here with us this morning. Well, church, it's good to be here, isn't it? It's good to be in the building. It's good to be back together. And, and I know it's, a, it's a, a little bit different, isn't it? It's, it doesn't feel like it did when we kind of had to take a break because um, it just, the building just feels different. The, the spaces and the, everything that we're doing. You know, it's interesting. We get stuck sometimes thinking about looking back in places and thinking, boy, if I could just go back to the way it was. But I want to tell you, I think that there is a new direction that the church is headed, that God is in it, and that we're going to head forward into a direction. And, and I think that eventually the social distancing will come down, the physical distancing will come down, and, and, and we we'll, won't have to have all this space between us. And I think that many people who are online now, you will eventually grow and be comfortable with, with uh, what has been going on around. And the, as the symptoms and the virus starts to go down, we'll start to gather back together more and more over time. I tell you what, there's some things in life that I think, I wish it was a light switch, not a dimmer switch, you know? I wish I could just flick it and be there. But no, but this time we're going to be using a dimmer switch to come back in to gather together. And so at this point, if, 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 you're, if you're new and, and maybe we haven't met, um, you can get to know us, kind of start the process by texting guest into our office. You can do it wherever you're at. You can text the word guest in to our office number, and it'll actually help get you connected to the, to the church um, and kind of like a first step to get to know us. And we love to make new friends. And then also, this is our same time, we're going to receive tithes and offerings. And so if you came prepared to give today, um, you can do that electronically. There are drop boxes in the building, but you can do that electronically electronically by going to our website or even texting in give to the office number and getting it that way. So let's pray over that. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for all of your provision. God, we thank you that um, even through the midst of what would seem like chaos in the world around us, God, that, that you are still taking care of us and providing for us. And God, as we are continuing to be faithful and returning the tithes to the house of the Lord, God, I ask that you would bless those finances and that everywhere they go, God, they would make your name famous. And for those who are being faithful and giving, God, I pray that you would pour a blessing out on their life, God, that they might have more than they could handle, God, that they might find even more avenues to bless other people, even outside of this. And in, in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. 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 So this morning, I want to talk to you, and have, I have a message prepared out of the book of James, out of the book of James. So if you have your Bibles with you, you're welcome to turn to the book of James. We will have it up on the screen, but uh, I got to tell you that old school paper Bible is something I've always, always loved. And so we're going to start there this morning in James in the book, first chapter uh, and the first verse. So James chapter one, verse one, one it says this, James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. Greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. How many of you guys know that we have trials in our life? Right now, even in the world and the climate and the atmosphere of the world that we're in, there are trials in our life. Our lives have been disrupted and, and, and really 
monumental ways and ways that none of us have experienced up until this point in time because we've never had a pandemic hit our country like this. And did I mention the murder hornets? We had the murder hornets for a brief moment. I feel like we missed that. Should we go back to the murder hornets? Because then now we got the other thing, the protests and the riots, and we've got these other things that are disrupting things, and we've got a lot of disruptors that are having. Our life is not the same as it was six months ago. And there's a trials that we have to go through, and there's those external factors. But I don't know about you, sometimes those external factors trigger the emotional internal factors. You know what I mean? Like, like the anxiety and the fear and maybe the, the different things that we've been able to hold at bay, those things have been rising up a little bit. It, because of the external factors are stirring up the internal factors, it, it causes a situation where sometimes um, we have even more trials that we're facing bigger than what you can even see on the outside. I got to tell you that there are trials that we're all facing. So this is the book of James. And, and James was the half-brother of Jesus and James, when Jesus was alive, James wasn't so sure if Jesus was the Son of God. And I can tell you, I can relate to that. If someone came up to me and said that my brother was the Son of God, if my brother came and told me himself, hey, bro, did you know that I am the Son of God? I wouldn't believe him. I wouldn't. I would think that my brother was crazy. I would think you have lost it. There's no way. Prove it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anybody can turn water into wine. Prove Go die on a cross and come back to life, and maybe, just maybe, I'll believe you. And so this is the situation that James is in, is that his, his brother is, is now claiming to be the Son of God and the Savior for all mankind, and, 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 and he didn't quite believe it. But after Jesus died on the cross, rose from the grave, and showed up to a family dinner, and, and what, I don't know what, how he showed up exactly, but showed up, in, and, and James is now like, I actually believe that Jesus was the Son of God. And so now he became um, a, a, a disciple and an apostle, somebody who was planting churches, and he's now writing a letter, and this letter has made it into the, the work of Scripture, what we call the Bible. And this is what James is talking about, is that we don't work to be saved, but we work because we are saved. We are given, we give what we have been given. You see, the exports of our life are, are not due to receive, but because we have been received. You see, because we have been given so much from God himself that now we're able to give out of that abundance. And because we, so much work has been done for us, we, we now work not to earn anything but to be a blessing to other people. Sometimes we can get stuck in a trap, though, especially as Christians. We can feel like sometimes that, that we need to work to be able to earn something from God. And that's not the case. None of us have to work to earn anything from God. He's already done the work. And that's the good news of the gospel is that every other religion that's out there says, well, if you can do the right things and say the right things and do these things and not do those things, then maybe you just might be able to make it to the better place in life. But see, Jesus, when he came to earth, he died on the cross. He paid the price. He made a way. He did it all. There is no working and earning. it. The work is already done. All you do is say yes. And that's it. And that's it. And so here we have James saying, we're going to count it all joy, my brothers. We need trials of various kinds. Because we all have trials. And it's how we respond to those trials is what makes the difference. Count it all joy, he says. Where does that kind of joy come from? I don't know about you, but I don't think I have effectively counted everything and related to the coronavirus as joy. I've had moments where I thought, okay, this is a good thing. But I'll be honest, I don't even know if it's 50% of the time that I've said, well, this is a good thing. 
In fact, I've really struggled in this area. So if I can be honest and vulnerable with you, I can tell you that this verse I'm preaching to me and you're just along for the ride because I'm preaching to me saying, count it all joy. Where does that joy come from? Because it doesn't come from our natural abilities, does it? It doesn't come from the place that we normally sit. There has to be a supernatural joy, super beyond our natural ability to be able to have joy in all things. Ultimately, we know that the answer to the question such joy can only come from God. I want you to have joy in the midst of your trials. I want you to have joy in the midst of your trials. I want you to be able to face trials and tribulations and the ups and the downs in life and to be able to have the joy of the Lord come through you and and to be able to be exuded from you in every set of circumstances, in every place that you are. Ultimately, we know that the answer comes from God. Many years ago, there was an overpopulation of wolves in a certain region. And so the local governing authorities put out a bounty and said, we need people to help thin the wolf population. And so we're going to give you $5,000 per wolf that you kill and you bring in, and, and we will now pay hunters to help thin the population. The wolves were out of control. They were killing all the animals. They, were, the pop, they just needed some population downsizing to be able to handle it. So they said $5,000 per wolf. Well, Sam and Jed, they loved hunting. They decided we're going to go out and we're going to hunt some wolves. And so they're, they're finding the scat on the ground, the tracks in the, and the, and the trails. And so they're, they're hunting them down. They're following them. They, they think they found a little pack of wolves that they're going to go find. And, and they keep, but the wolves are moving pretty fast and having a hard time keeping up. Well, the sun goes down. They, so they set up camp and they say, well, tomorrow, tomorrow we're going to get up and we're going to get those wolves. The fire dies down. They're both asleep. One of them wakes up, Sam wakes up, and all of a sudden he looks up and he can see all the beady eyes of the wolves around him and the low growling. And he's like, Jed, Jed, wake up, wake up. And Jed wakes up and he's like, oh no, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'm not, oh my gosh. And Sam's like, we're going to be rich. <laughs> your perspective will change your circumstances. Jed's thinking we're going to die a gnarly death of wolf bites. And, and Sam is thinking we're going to be rich. The same set of circumstances, the same wolves, the same atmosphere. How can two people go into the same set of circumstances and one be filled with joy and the other one be filled with fear? Why, why is it that, that one can go one way and the one can go the other way? The same atmosphere, the same circumstances. I want to tell you that despite your circumstances... You can experience joy even when everything around you says that you should be afraid. And here's what I know. My first point today is this, is that followers will experience trials. Followers of Jesus will experience trials. If you notice in James chapter 1 verse 2, it doesn't say, Consider it a great joy, my brothers, if you experience various trials. It says, when you meet trials of various kinds. It's a certainty when, not if, but when you meet trials of ver- all kinds of trials. What, what, what's various kinds? Any trial that you could possibly be facing, that, that there's a various there. You can, you can be meeting these trials. Trials will come. And to count them all as joy because God is good. doesn't matter if you're sick or you're healthy. 
I don't, I, don't, I don't know if, if your marriage is in a good place or maybe in a rocky place. If your kids are in a good place or a bad place, your job, your income, right now with the virus and everything that's happening around us, a lot of us have instability in some of our income areas. And it doesn't matter what you're facing. Can you have joy in the midst of the trial regardless of the trial? It's not a day of trial. Ah, remember when they told us we're going to quarantine for two weeks to flatten the curve? <laughs> Here we are, what, months later, right? I thought it was a short thing. It ended up being a long thing. I've stopped putting dates on anything in my life. I just said, we're going to do that soon. I mean, Jesus said he's coming back soon. So I figure soon is a good timeline for anything that we're doing. <laughs> there are days, there are seasons of trials that we're facing. Can you view these trials as a pathway to maturity? I've learned that failure is sometimes the best teacher. I want to mature and grow without failure, without trials. I, 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 I want to I become a better person. I want to grow in my faith and my maturity. I want to grow in, in my character, but I don't want to have to face any trials. What do they say? No pain, no gain. I can tell you this, that when you have been through a season that is a dark night of the soul season, you come out a stronger, more balanced person. And that even those things that the enemy meant for evil, God can use for good in your life. And he can use those things to shape you into the person that he's trying to get you to be. The Bible references the potter and the clay. We are the clay, he is the potter. And the shaping process is pressure that the potter applies to the pot to get it to go to the shape that it needs to go. But God, I don't want the pressure. I just want the shape. It's a package deal. And I don't like it, and you don't like it. But if we can understand the package deal of pressure into shape, then we can start to count even the difficult seasons as joy, not because of what the moment is, but we understand the direction that God is taking us in our life, that even the trials can be counted as joy. Because suffering is part of life. Suffering is part of life. Christians aren't exempt from it. We're not exempt from suffering. Suffering will happen. And, and if you start to think that it won't happen, you're going to be disappointed. And then when suffering happens, you start to think, well, God, why did you allow suffering in my life? Maybe there's a bigger purpose that you and I just can't see sometimes. Sometimes the suffering seems pointless, but, but maybe, just, just maybe, God's up to something in the midst of it. Hindsight's 2020. Oftentimes, we don't see it in the middle, but later in life, we see, oh, God, you were in that most difficult time of my life. You see, the, the truth prepares us for all types of suffering. God is sovereign over all of the various trials. By telling us that we will suffer, the Lord is giving us grace. Keeps us from going into shock or maybe even asking foolish questions if we know that suffering is part of life and that it's something that maybe even God is working in the mid middle of it. Not all suffering is from God, but God can use the suffering for his purpose. I want you to know that not all suffering is from God, but God can use that suffering for his purpose. In Romans chapter 8, it says that God works all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. Even the hard times, 
even the coronaviruses and the murder hornets and the, 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 the protests and the stock markets ups and downs and the jobless and, the, and the, everything that's been happening, unemployment. God, God can use that. He can use that. When we know that suffering is part of God's plan, we'll be better, better prepared to trust his goodness. My second point is this, is that Christ followers will grow from trials. Christ followers will grow from trials. If you are in a trial and a suffering, I want to tell you that, that, that Christ followers can grow in that and, that. and that it can be something that grows in the middle of it. And verses 3 and 4 gives us the reason why we should be joyful in the midst of trials. See, trials and suffering reveals our approval before God. Verse 2, James refers to our suffering as trial. In verse 3, he calls it a testing. He calls it a testing. The word in verse 3 is one that refers to the act of proving the worth of something. Because when you're tested in school, you're proving its worth. When you're testing on the athletic field, testing in the combine before the draft of the NFL, they test you on how fast you can run certain distances, how fast you can go to the side, to the side, to the up and the down, and, and what your vertical jump is. And, and they test you on these things to understand your, the proof, the worthiness, the, the measurement of, of things. In science, when you're testing things, you are qualifying that, yes, this is indeed factual and true. The testing of our faith is something that we must do, not just because of what God is saying, because you need to know that your faith is strong, because you need to have it proven even to you that, yes, my faith is strong in the midst of this trial. I go to the gym. Well, not lately, I'll be honest. I'm picking up the COVID-15 right now. I'm trying to work that off. Yeah. All my habits went out the door. I don't know about you guys. They all went out the door. I found myself standing at the fridge looking in it, not hungry, just boredom eating. Like, like, and, I, and I didn't reach for vegetables. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, chips and dip, baby. You know, it's like, and I'm not going to the gym. The gyms are shut down. But when I'm at the gym, I'm picking up certain weights. The other day, when I say other day, months ago, um, I was at the gym. And the, and the trainer, we have this thing, this, this sled. Have you seen these? big metal sled things and they put weights on them and you got to like get down and push it. And so I'm pushing the sled across this thing back and forth and the, the trainer guy who comes, comes hopping over, it's like a big group class thing. And so he comes over and he's like, that looks too easy. And he grabs another 45 pound weight and drops it on there and I'm clunk and I'm like, Ugh. and so at that time I'm doing it. Next time I get back around to that station, I'm doing it with the second 45 pound weight. And he says, nah, it's too, it's too easy. And he grabs another 45 pound weight and slaps it up on this thing. Now I've got, I don't know how many piles of 45 pound weights on this skid. You would think my thought would be huge based on what I'm telling you, but I did it once and then they shut the gym down. And so I'm pushing this thing and, and, and it's like he keeps adding more weight and adding more weight. Listen, if it was up to me and left to my own devices, I would not have added any weight. I'm clocking in, I'm clocking out, I'm going to push things around, pick them up, put them down and leave so I can check a box off and say I'm trying to do better with my health. Like, let's, let's just be real. Like, I'm not trying to be in a, in a magazine or like a model. I'm not trying to get down to like 2% body fat. or I'm not doing it. I'm just trying not to die too early, right? And try to be healthy and, and feel good. That's it. So if, when I show up at the gym and start pushing this thing around, I'm not going to add the extra weight. Why did he add the extra weight? Because he knew that I could probably handle more. And so he put more weight onto that thing to test me. Guess what? Now I know I can push this much weight, not just this much weight. 
Next time I go up to that machine and I see that there's this much weight, in my head I know I can push this much weight. It's the same. It's the same. You're going through life. Life is easy. God just wanted to be easy. And then a trial comes along and it tests who you are and the fortitude of what you can handle. And in life, you've been pushing this much weight, but then all of a sudden, another disc comes on. You get the coronavirus disc, then the murder hornet disc, and then the unemployment disc, and then the stress, and then the anxiety, and the discs just keep piling up. Listen, it's a season, and that season is going to pass, and there's going to be a day where you will find yourself again with the lower weight, but the whole time, you know, I can push this much weight, because it empowers you, because you've been tested in your faith. Listen, when you face the trials of various kinds, don't run from it. Lean into it and know that God is doing something in you. He's testing something. He's proving something. He's building something inside of you. Trials of suffering produce endurance. Trials of suffering results in our greatest joy. You see, the trials of suffering, God uses those things to form us into a more Christ-like shape. The potter and the clay, the hand pushing the bull, changing its shape. My third and last point, I'm going to ask if the keyboard player of Stephen would come up and help me get land the plane. Christ followers will overcome trials. Christ followers will overcome trials. If you are following him, the fact that endurance must do its complete work is what it says. <laughs> there's, a, there's a completeness that's happening in the midst of this. Endurance must do its complete work, helps us to see that God will finish his work. Believers will endure these trials for our good and his glory. See, our response to suffering matters. Our joy and our cooperation is important as we respond to the tests and the trials that are in our life. Our response reveals our heart. Our response reveals our heart. If you read on in the next verse, it says that those with a God, God orientation will trust in the self-giving God in the midst of suffering. And those with double-minded hearts will doubt his goodness. If, if the testing has revealed doubting and if the testing has revealed your faith to be shaking, that doesn't mean you failed. It means that God added a plate to your skid and he's building a new level of strength into your life. Is it hard? Yeah. Are you going to run? No. Because we're going to run the race that he set before us. We're going to push through with endurance and, and the things that he's leading us to. And in the midst of our own suffering and trial and, and everything that we're battling in life, God is not going to leave you or forsake you. See, Jesus allowed Peter to fall into the water when he was walking, and he saved him from that. God allowed Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den, but Daniel, he wasn't eaten. And God allowed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be thrown into a fiery furnace, but they were not burned. These people aren't the hero of the story. God is. He's the hero of their story, and he'll be the hero of your story as well. Sometimes you can't change your circumstances, but you can change your perspective. We all face seasons of suffering, believers and unbelievers, yet none of us will face 
the amount of suffering that Jesus did that day on the cross. He experienced suffering so that he could ultimately redeem our suffering. Though Christ, through Christ, suffering can actually become a means to joy. If you're not in a season of suffering today, praise God. Because we all have seasons of suffering and seasons of not. And if you're not there today, praise God. And if you are, praise God. Because in the midst of it all, God is working all things together for his glory. And as you lean into him, let him sustain you. Let him build you. Let him encourage you. Through Christ, he can get us through all of this stuff. If you've fallen in the water like Peter, or if you're staring down lions like Daniel, or if the heat is on like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, know that God is for you. He's not against you. He wants to be the hero of your story too. And can you trust him in your season of struggle and suffering and pain? Will you bow your heads? Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you that you are the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And God, you are then the hero of so many people's stories up to now. God, I'm asking that you would be the hero for people's stories now, today. Help us to lean into you in the midst of difficult times and difficult seasons. As we oftentimes look back to six months ago and say, God, why can't we just go back to then? God's leading us in a path of a new tomorrow that's gonna be better and brighter and stronger and more joyful because he's shaping us and changing our perspective. God, help us as we go forward from this place in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Church, I'm so glad that you joined us here live. I'm so glad for many of you that tuned in live today as well. Just so you know, as a quick reminder, our COVID rules and practices, um, it's a, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here situation. Um, the lobby is closed, but you're welcome to hang out in the parking lot. There's plenty of fresh air. Please hang out, love one another, encourage one another. Let's encourage each other as a church. God bless you guys and have a wonderful, wonderful week. <laughs>